You know, it stinks. Really. I don't have the rights to license music eh, because I'd have to pay for it and all that jazz. And I, I, I'm not going to do that. So anyway, may the fourth be with you. May the fourth. May the fourth. Uh, it is, I, I guess, classified as Star Wars Day, right? <laughs> Which is a good thing. And I'm going to talk about some, um, I, I'm going to give you a little, uh, a, a, a little peek behind the curtain as to why Star Wars is just so damn important to me. Uh, I, I, I honestly, but first, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'd be remiss if I didn't do a show today, uh, being it is May the 4th and you know, you have to strike when opportunity is there. You know what I mean? Uh, but before I get into May the 4th memories and Star Wars as a whole, you know, I, I read on the news the other day. Here we are. We're back. This guy, this this bloated butthole of a president that we, you know, voted out legally. You know, he's back and he's talking all kinds of garbage. And it's just riling up things. <laughs> he's just rustling up stuff. And I don't, I, I don't like it. I don't care for it at all. And, you know, the other day I'm watching the news and I'm seeing... uh the CPAC stuff that he did. And, you know, he's saying like, uh, he's calling the, uh, fraudulent election, which was completely legitimate and legal, the big lie. And, you know, it's just, you're, he, he's starting it again. He's starting it again, folks. He's starting to do it again. He's coming out of his little hole, his little cave that we put him in and he's starting to do it again. And it's driving me bananas. Cause I don't, I don't, I don't like him. <laughs> I don't care for the orange monster that tried to become supreme leader of the of the United States. He tried to buy the country low and sell it high, you know, and it's I can't be OK with that. And the other day I, I was at my parents house and I, I made a comment about my uh, my IRA. Right. I have an IRA. <clears throat> my IRA is doing well. And I, you know, it, it put, well, it, I don't think it's just me either. If it's, if you have an IRA or a 401k, chances are it's, it's done well in the past few months. And I've noticed a uh, big turn of events since around January. Okay. Not since August, like since January, a few months ago. And I was like, wow, you know, I just happened to mention, I go, yeah, IRA doing well. You know, my dad goes, well, uh, you should be grateful for Trump uh, under Trump's. I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm never going to be grateful for Trump uh, ever, never, ever, ever. And secondly, this is since January. I just said it's been doing well since January. That had nothing to do with Trump. Nothing. Very little. There might have been some residual, you know, hangover from uh, when, when he was there. But I'm saying mostly it's due to the fact that Biden's trying to get this country on point. Uh, you know, doing the best he can, I suppose. And, and quite frankly, I think the, the focus on, I don't know, getting at least a hundred million people vaccinated, which was the plan a hundred, I think it was a hundred million in a hundred days. I think that was it. Uh, mission accomplished, hang up that banner, but you know, he's not sitting there. Uh, well, look, I'm not, I don't want to go down that hole. I really don't, but I'm seeing a lot of things as it pertained to Trump. And here's another one. You remember the, the Capitol riots and I believe it was January 6th. Remember that day? Remember that dark day in history? 
Okay, remember the uh, domestic terrorists that uh, stormed the Capitol? Really, was it's what happened, right? Didn't they storm the Capitol? Um, well, there was a uh, aside from the horrible fatalities that came from the uh, Capitol police force. Uh, those those poor uh, heroes who were just out there doing their job. A couple of them died. Well, one of the domestic terrorists. And I don't know her name, and I don't even care what her name is. Uh, it's it's a, it should be a number at this point, not even a name. Uh, she stormed the Capitol, and she got shot. Uh, one of the heroes that were protecting Congress uh, shot her, and uh, she died. And the family of of this woman is now suing for ten million dollars because of her um, because of her death that came at the hands of her storming the Capitol with a group, a large group of, uh, I, I don't know, other domestic terrorists who thought they could just walk in, storm the place and tear it down. And to me, uh, I don't, I don't, I'm not okay with that lawsuit <laughs> at all. Um, I think what the family was trying to convince people of is that she just strolled in there peacefully knocked on the door and someone shot her is what the the picture that they're trying to paint when in fact uh there's there's tons of tape of this and I'm not going to you know spend too much time on it but what happens is um she's with a large group of people at a barricaded door and it was barricaded because they were trying to break in and um you know damage and uh you know there were a, a lot of um, concerns that peop- they were there to lynch people and murder other people. And, you know, who knows what they would have done. They were, they were an angry, violent mob. Okay. She was part of this angry, violent mob. As a matter of fact, she was in the very front of it uh, at this one particular barricade. You know, and they, they were this group, these uh, terrorists were breaking glass or breaking down the doors. They were using whatever they could find, fire extinguishers crowbars, hockey sticks, if you want to know the truth. And uh, they were breaking things down. And this lady uh, broke a window The you know, it was a glass, you know, the door had a glass, you know, a partition or a window in it. She broke it and she's trying to, to jump through it, to get to the other side, to do whatever she was planning on doing. And she, and they shot her. So I, I think once you perform an act of domestic terrorism, like this woman and and the entire group did. I, I think you waive your rights to a lot of things in this country, in in my opinion. Uh, period. And look, uh, <laughs> we all know that they were uh, there. <laughs> some idiots. I just I remember hearing the sound bites on the news, and they're like, "We're going in to get our boy Trump back in office." Like, <laughs> look, man. I always tell the kids, "Don't read a book by its cover," but may, sometimes it's okay. You know what I mean? We're going to get our boy Trump back. Get the fuck out of here. Wow, I'm bleeding. I'm that crazy. In any case, $10 million lawsuit. I think it's 10 mil. It might be more now. I, I don't know. But it's, it's so frivolous and so ridiculous. And it, it bothers me. It, it really, and it should bother you, <laughs> quite frankly. Uh, we shouldn't be allowing things like this in our court system. And I don't know if we will. I, I'm hoping there will be a court, uh, a judge that throws things out for being frivolous or just all in all a crazy lawsuit. And the, and the lawyer that's uh, defending this woman or pleading the case fired. 
<laughs> you know, honest to God, you ambulance chasing scumbag. Wow. It's still May the 4th, right? Yeah. Well, you know, when I was talking to the kids about, you know, the, the Capitol the riots and all that, because it came up again the other day, um, one of my boys, you know, we had, we had had a talk early on about dares, dares, right? Dares. You know, another kid dares you to do something. And my, my message to my children was pretty straightforward. And I said, you know, don't ever take a dare. Don't ever, don't ever accept a dare from like another kid on the, in the playground or, you know, wherever, because here's what dares are. Dares are things people do when they're, they're too chicken to do the thing themselves. Okay. They don't have the backbone. They don't have the spine or, and that's if it's something like, you know, physically dangerous or something like that. But if it's something else, like, you know, stealing something or doing something nasty to someone else, uh, typically dares come from, I know, I know the thing I'm trying to, I want to see done is wrong. I don't want to do it because I'm a coward. So I'm going to ask you to do it. And hopefully you're dumb enough to say yes. That's what dares are. So, you know, that message got across and that was, you know, I had that discussion, you know, a couple of years ago and <laughs> it was one of those times when as a parent, you go, Oh shit, they actually listened. That's amazing. That's great. Because he comes up to me and he goes, you know, dad, you know, uh, listening to Trump, yell, you know, during the, the riots and all that and, and listening to what he was saying, don't you think he was just daring those, the people to do like his dirty work? <laughs> and I was like, what, what did you say? <laughs> did you exactly describe what happened accurately at the Capitol that day? Yes. Yes. In fact, that is what happened. This jerk off dared those people to go do it. He dared them. He gave them a dare and they were stupid enough to do it. Right. And, and they were also stupid enough to think that he was going to like, ah, I, he's got our back. No, he doesn't. He slinked into a hole somewhere in Miralago and uh, he, he forgot about you because you're a plebe to him. You just, he just used you. <laughs> That's what happened. That's what it, he dared you to do something dumb and you did it. So I just thought that was interesting that my kid understood. <laughs> the, the ideology of Trump. And I was like, all right, well, good. You, you're going to be okay. I like you. You're going to be all right. You're okay in my book. So then it comes to, we, then, then there's another thing going on, you know, again, I'm in California and we have this bit now where we're recalling the governor or we're, we're setting up the, the momentum, the, the machine is in motion to recall the governor. And I, I, I find this so dumb. I really, and it's a giant waste of time because again, and I'm not going to spend too much time on it because you know, May the 4th, right? So basically Governor Newsom uh, didn't, you know, he got us through this pandemic as best he could. Uh, sometimes I didn't agree with him. Most of the time I did. Uh, but definitely there were days where I was like, oh dude, come on. Now you're back to being, you look like a diehard villain again, you know, but at the, at the end of the day I go, but he, he did, kind of protect the the state, you know, the state that's the size of uh, some countries in the, in the world. Uh, he did a pretty decent job and he got us through uh, to a point now where California was once the highest, like the, the biggest offender of COVID cases, you know, in the country. And now we're the smallest, we're the best. We were the worst. Now we're the best. And that just doesn't happen um, 
from leadership not coming down from the top. You know what I mean? It happened because the guy took the reins and he did something. Whether or not you whether you agree with it or not, he got us through uh, this really really dark period. And again, probably not the way everybody would have wanted, but who knows what could have happened if if something you know he made a different decision, left everything open like Florida and all this crap. Who knows what would have happened? You know, I, I don't know. So I, I think he did what he could, and I think he did the best he could. And I think we got through it with, you know, minimal casualties. Uh, I don't say that lightly because a lot of people died. But I mean, who knows what could have happened? You know, if he just said, oh, fuck it, everything's open. And that way I'll get votes. I don't think, I, I think the guy made some hard choices to save lives. And I think that's what we needed to have happen. And I, I get it. it. It really affected people in a bad way. But I think it could have been worse is, is what I'm trying to get at. And he got us through this thing and maybe at the expense of his own job, apparently. And so now there's this, you know, sign the petition to, uh, you know, get Gavin Newsom out. And they did. They got enough. They got like a, you know, I, I don't know what the number is, you know, a million votes. I don't know. Uh, or a million signatures. I, whatever the number is, they got it. And now, you know, you're going to get this. You're going to try to get him out of office. I don't know if he's going to get voted out or not, but it's possible. Now, who the fuck's going to step in? Who Here's who we have. We have the only person I know of so far is the former mayor of San Diego, Kevin Faulkner, who sucks. He's terrible. Uh, he's a candidate. He's made it very clear. He's running for uh, governor of California. And then we got Caitlyn Jenner. Okay. Uh, you know, the, just the fucking Kardashian circus nonsense. I don't want any, I don't want that. (laughs) And I don't want that because I don't need like a, a Kardashian circus in, in leading the country. I don't, I don't need any of that. I don't want to see that. I don't need someone who's like, doing time on the masked singer because she can't stay out of the, uh, the, the camera for five minutes to now be on, like trying to lead the country or the state rather. I don't think she's qualified. Yes. I called Caitlin a she, because I think that's who she is now. That's not the problem. The problem has nothing to do with transgender. The problem is totally unqualified, totally unqualified. As a matter of fact, I would love it if a qualified transgender candidate ran against Caitlyn Jenner just so we could just have no issue or no chance of having some sort of bizarre Kardashian reality show in the governor's mansion. I don't want to see that. Okay. I, I, enough with, with that whole group. Enough. So I don't want that to happen. It's May the 4th. <sighs> It's May the 4th. I just don't think somebody should get recalled for doing their job to the best of their ability. I think if they did something wrong, uh, meaning illegal, like they did insider trading or uh, they committed a murder or something along those lines, something horrible that, you know, um, was a conflict of interest to their job, then let's talk about recall. But just because they did something you don't like, that's called wait for the vote. Wait for the vote and then vote them out with your vote. That's what voting is. That's what it's for. I don't understand. They, they, I, they, he did something I didn't like. Let's recall him. Well, recall him during the election. <laughs> Isn't that why we have votes? I, I don't understand. So he didn't do anything illegal. He did some stupid things. Don't get me wrong, French kitchen. But he didn't do anything illegal. Just let the guy run its court. If you don't like him, vote him out 
when it's time. That's it. Because then, then it makes it the next person could be in there for two weeks and go, oh, got to get a recall. It's ridiculous. So it is May the 4th. It is May the 4th. And when I was a kid, I was five years old and I have a memory. Now, I, I, I'll be very honest with you. I could be making this memory up because I was five. But I have a memory of seeing Star Wars in the movie theater in, at the time I lived in Virginia. And, you know, it would have been 1977. I would have been five years old. And that those timelines add up. And I remember seeing Star Wars or knowing about it and, and having very vivid recollections that this is something I needed to have in my life. When I saw it in the movies at five, I think I knew that this was something that needed to be a part of my life moving forward. Of course, not knowing what it was going to become. And, and let's be honest with you. Star Wars is a part of Americana. It's, it's, a, it's an American brand at this point. I mean, it's, it's, it's a household name. It's, it's intertwined in a lot of our lives in very different ways for di very different reasons. Uh, and, and it has had very different effects on people. But nonetheless, it's affected a lot of us uh, in some way or another. If, if it didn't, maybe it's because you're dead inside. I don't know. I know people that are probably, I think I'm probably spot on. So when I was a kid, I see this movie, and again, I could be making up this memory, but I'm I'm just going to go with it. You know, I see this film. Uh, immediately, my uh, head goes to like I just I just want stuff, and then I start seeing, you know, the action figures, the vehicles. Oh, excuse me. It's today is the Sprouts grapefruit sparkling water, but it gets me every time. Excuse me, pardon me. In any case. Uh, then the action figures became a part of my life. And specifically when I was a kid, you know, I had my R2-D2 and my C-3PO and I coveted those two action figures in particular. I don't know why. They just, they resonated with me. They, they put me in a spot where I felt happier. Uh, and what I mean by that is, you know, I had a, you know, I had a lot of the toys, you know, you had the X-Wings, the TIE Fighters, the Land Speeders, I had my Lukes, my Vaders, my Chewies, my Hans, you know, all that stuff. Great. It was a lot of fun. But for some reason, like if I went somewhere, like R2-D2 and C-3PO came with me, they were in my pocket, you know, when I went on a plane or if I, if I had to travel with my parents, for whatever reason, those two things were with me on that disgusting tray that, you know, folded down. Even back then, they were probably disgusting, but they were there with me on my on the tray. Uh, they would comfort me and they would make me uh, feel like I had friends. And as stupid as that sounds, it's 100% accurate. And there were times uh, when I, would, I was maybe seven, eight, nine years old and I would get scared at night like sometimes children do. And I would set my little action figures by my bed um, on my nightstand. Yeah, I didn't have siblings at the time. Those those horrible monsters came much, much later. Um, and not that much later, to be honest with you, but they came later. So I didn't have I didn't have monsters in my life at that time. And I would get scared at night and you know, it'd be dark. Uh, there'd be zero, you know, I didn't have uh, uh, an Amazon Echo in my room to play. <laughs> you know, soothing sounds. It was shut the door, go to bed. That was, that was the last thing I heard before I was supposed to shut my eyes for the night. Go to bed, shut the door, turn the lights off. You know, it was, it was, that was that. So if I got scared, 
I would, you know, put my little R2D2 and my C3PO on my nightstand. And I would, quite frankly, I would turn over and I would, you know, in my Star Wars bed sheets, which I think I did have at the time. Uh, and I would look at them and I would play out little scenes in my head where the three of us would pal around. And it made me feel better. It comforted me. It, it, it definitely um, was part of my safety blanket routine. And, you know, once that becomes a thing, I, I think, you know, those, those things just stay with you. And as I got older, I have very fond memories of, of being with my grandparents and going to toy stores. And that was our thing. Like I'd go spend my weekends with them because I didn't have friends. Why would you? Uh, I would go to my grandparents' house and, you know, I, I, they would take me to the toy store on Saturday. I'd go over there on Friday. They would take me to the toy store on Saturday morning. We'd get a toy. And it was typically a Star Wars thing. Why wouldn't it be? You know, and sometimes it's an action figure. Sometimes it was a Death Star, just saying. And, you know, it, it just, it became like my universe to to be involved with Star Wars. I mean, anything I did was Star Wars related. You have a birthday, theme it Star Wars. You had, uh, you want something for Christmas? It's going to be an ad-ad. You know what I mean? So, and it just, it, it's such an important part of, it was such an important part of my childhood you know, and it certainly has become uh, a, a very important part of my life. And I, I really hope it continues on. And I know it will for me. And what I mean by that is I hope it continues on with uh, the Padawans who live in the house here with us. And I, I think it will. You know, I, I think it will. Um, you know, we, they play Star Wars games. They watch Star Wars shows. Um they play with Star Wars toys. I mean, that's all good indicators. And there are times when, uh, you know, you know, I've been we tuck the kids in at night, and uh, you know, then we we kind of you know go off and do our own thing. And there will be, you know, like a knock at the door or or whatever, and not at the front door. Like the, you know, one of the kids is at the at the door and goes, you know, Dad, um. I'm having trouble sleeping because I had like a little nightmare. I'm like, all right, okay, cool. Uh, and we go in there and, uh, you know, um, lately the routine has been like, I'll bring in an action figure of mine because again, I still collect these things. I see a star, look, I ain't gonna lie. Uh, you know, Star Wars action figures have had a resurgence over the, over the last, you know, several years, uh, especially in the collector side, because, Hasbro did a very smart thing. They started, you know, bringing out uh, figures uh, with the the look and feel that they had when when the people who were in their forties were children. <laughs> okay, it was a very smart move uh, because it touches, it hits all the feels in the right spots, especially the wallet uh, for Hasbro. Now they're not easy to get. Blah blah blah. I'm not going to go down that you know dark dark rabbit hole, but. If you get lucky enough to see one on a peg, you get to immediately kind of like relive that feel of walking into that toy store and going, oh my God, please let the, I'm missing this one figure. Please let them have it. Holy shit, they do. And then you see it and then you grab it and then you look at your dad and you go, can I buy it? And he goes, no. And you go, Fuck. and then when you go back with your grandparents, you know, maybe they pick up the tab. Um, but in any case, uh, my dad did buy me a couple things that I, probably remember i think um just I, I i think he got me a yoda action figure one time i think he picked me up in a car and there was like a yoda action figure and i think i'll give him credit at least he knew i enjoyed star wars i'll give him i'll give him that um in any case 
so my, you know, kid will come in, you know, I had a little nightmare. Can you help? Uh, sure. So I bring in a little action figure. I put it over his bed. Uh, there's like a little shelf there, you know, it's right, you know, right there. And I tell him a little story about, you know, what, when I was a kid, you know, and I got scared, um, putting an action figure right next to my bed would help me. And I would tell him why. And, you know, it seems to work. I guess that's a comforting thought when you, when you hear it from your parent that this is exactly what I used to do when I was exactly your age. And this is exactly why it helped. And it seems to work. And it's just one of those things where I go, well, maybe these, these are the, the seeds that are being planted to then, you know, carry on that tradition. And, and if it doesn't, it doesn't, you know, big whoop, but I would like to see, you know, I would like to see them get as much enjoyment out of something for their entire life. Like I have. And again, there was that little dark time in the, uh, what late eighties to uh, mid nineties where there really was no star Wars. There was nothing. There was nothing. <laughs> zero. I mean, you couldn't get a greeting card with R2-D2 on it. You could not. And then, you know, it, it made a resurgence and it's been strong ever since. I don't tell me that like, oh yeah, but the prequels ruined it. No, just stop it. It's still strong. So today there's a new show that's airing on Disney Plus. Uh, that's, you know, the new Star Wars, Clone Wars. I know what it is. Yeah, it's called The Bad Batch. I got it. But I'm just trying to be general for people who don't uh, like what you call, I don't know what he's saying. I don't know what a clone war is. What's a star war? You know, I, I there's people that don't understand. Uh, but we now live in a, in a, in an, in an age where everything is at your fingertips. Everything is at your fingertips, including all this incredible content. Now, when I was a kid, you didn't have that. You saw a movie in the movie theater. You thought it was great. You waited two years for the next experience. <laughs> And then you saw that one, you go, can't wait for more. And then two years later, maybe you get more after that. I don't know. Uh, and in the, in the interim, you played with your toys. There wasn't like, you know, everything on demand. So, but now that there is, I want to take advantage of it. And maybe at least, you know, we'll, we'll watch some Star Wars today. We'll talk about why things are important and, um, you know, maybe it'll carry on. I don't know. Just think about it though. Think about when you were a kid and you walked into a toy store. And you knew what aisle you wanted to go to because everybody had their own kind of toy store that they went to, okay? Whether it was Toys R Us, whether it was Playco, whether it was Kmart, whether it was Gemco, whether it was Best Products, whether it was any other, uh, you know, Child World or uh, Toy Kingdom or whatever the hell it was, you know? Uh, everybody had their own flavor of toy store that they liked, that they went through. That was their, that was their haunt, you know, when they... When their mom said, where do you want to go? And that kid would go like, oh, I want to go to a, I want to go to Toy Kingdom. <laughs> right? I'm just assuming there's a Toy Kingdom somewhere, you know, because that was their store. And when they would go in and think about it, you're that kid now. You go in, you know exactly where you need to go. You bypass the, the, the little, uh, little tyke stuff, uh, the Fisher Price aisle. You don't go near there. I get it. You don't need it anymore. You probably didn't play with like the trucks. So hell with Tonka. I don't need that aisle. I know what aisle I'm going to, and it's the action figure aisle. And you go down that aisle. When I say aisle, I don't mean like a five foot section at Target or Walmart. I'm talking about a 50, 60 foot aisle, both sides lined with what you wanted to see. Top to bottom, pegs of figures, shelves of boxes, vehicles, play sets, anything you could imagine. 
right? And it was all there. And you know, your mom or your dad or your grandparents or whomever would say, all right, you got 20 bucks from your birthday money. What are you going to get? And you would just sit there and you would scrutinize in that aisle and you would, you'd start to narrow things down. Well, do I want some action figures or I want, do I want a vehicle? Do I want a play set? You would narrow it down. And then finally, maybe you'd pick up like one thing and then you pick up another thing. You look at it and in your head, you're weighing the pros and cons of why you want to get what you want to get, you know? And then finally you would make that decision go, you buy it, you get home. And on the whole way home, you're staring at that box and you're thinking of like, what can I do with this thing when I go home? How is it going to, how am I going to put it into the toy ecosystem that I already have set up? Right. And then once it happens, it's fucking magic, fucking magical. So just think about that on May 4th. All right. And go watch some Star Wars. Don't be that person with no soul that just doesn't, I don't know what it is. I don't get it enjoy it. May the fourth be with you. Watch out for revenge of the fifth <laughs> and, uh, go watch the bad batch. I don't know. I haven't watched it yet. Maybe it'll be good. We're going to watch it as a, uh, as a fam tonight. It was me again on Brenzor's dead.